Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. It's Roscoe here, and it's just Magic Mike and myself going solo at it today. Well, not solo, it's two of us, but we're, uh, we're a twosome, not a threesome. And uh, it's a massive week in golf. There is golf happening in all points of the compass, north, south, east, and west. Well, maybe just more more Mediterranean and uh, not Mediterranean, more Middle East and uh, and Australia. But um, let's crack into it. I've got Magic Mike just waiting on the other end of this intro tune. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, subscribe to YouTube. We've cracked a few more this week. So thanks for those people who have. Uh, a few more would be great. On the tee, the two ball from my love of golf, it's uh, Magic Mike and uh, yours truly. Magic, how are you? Excellent, mate. How are you? We're just the two. Um, Rockets, uh, Rock, Rockets out. He's got flat packitis. I was about to say that. He's he's absolutely no doubt he's flat packed out. He is uh, no pretty, pretty busy up there uh, keeping the global I2 world uh, secure. Funnily enough, uh, we talk about him in his global I2 world. Uh, his competitor business uh, is the major sponsor of one of the big events that we alluded to happening in all points of the globe uh, in our back, well, my backyard, uh, the the Players Series, which kicks off Rosebud this week, uh, Magic Mike, um, fairly fairly solid field for an Australian mm. for an Australian event. Considering what is happening around the world, yes, uh, we've probably lost a couple of players to some of the other global events. But when you look at that, when you look down the event list, uh, the entrant list, sorry, of the uh, Players Series, which is hosted obviously and the brainchild of Jeff Ogilvy. Um, down there at Rosebud, um, it's a pretty solid field. Yeah, it's, a, it's an excellent field. Like you said, I think we've lost a few that are shooting over to the Asian Tour and playing in Saudi if they can get there this week, which a couple of them have, like our mate Dobbs. Um, but there's certainly a great field. Um, and the, the boys and the girls playing together, it's, um, and the weather looks pretty good. Should be a good tournament. Well, the praises for the Rosebud layout, uh, they're playing on the north course at Rosebud. Now, Rosebud has got a north and an east. So they've got a, a interesting setup there. They've got a couple of different configurations that they can play. Uh, I remember playing Pennant there for Mornington against, um, I'll tell you a funny story in a sec, actually, playing Pennant there for Mornington. And you never really know which uh, track you're going to play on because they've got blue tees, yellow tees, and other colour tees, and they sort of mix them around. So you might play on half and half. But um, you want to know the funny story? It was not that funny. It was... Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting sort of country pennant sort of story. So this is back in the days of uh, rangefinders, uh, GPS. And there was definitely a rule that's been in the Peninsula District that said GPS measuring devices were permitted to be used in uh, Peninsula District pennant. And we, we had this almost come to blows. Like it was like grown men behaving badly. Uh, one team said, you can't use that. The other team, which my team said, we can use that. You can't. We can. You can't. We can. Well, how are we going to sort this out? And it was nearly one of those sorts of you know, grown men situations behaving badly. So uh, that was my entry independent uh, for Peninsula District, um, nearly getting in a punch on. Was it when you say GPS, like on the phone or with a, like a bushnell? No, it was predates phone GPS. It was, you know, phones were still little tiny things, you know, with um, monochrome screens back in those days. Uh, yeah. It was, 
Remember the first ever uh, MGI? Oh, the little, yeah, the, box the little boxes with a green thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, you know, one of the guys in our team had one and, and – yeah, there were two brothers, and uh, they weren't going to stand back uh, and be told that they can't use the GPS. And yeah. uh, anyway, it nearly, it nearly got messy. But Rosebud, uh, we we actually lost the final that day. Um, but but Rosebud's a beautiful golf course, and obviously mm. OCM team have re the consulting architects there. We're massive fans of OCM and Mike, yeah. Ashley Mead, and obviously Jeff. Uh, they've turned that place into a wonderland. Its conditioning's always been good. It's even better. It's got to play a little soft because there's been a little bit of rain down here, but. Hmm. Yeah, you copped a lot more than we did up in the northwest. We got very little rain the other day when all that rain came through. Lots of people, I think, out the west, there's a few spots that got 50 mil. And we got, we would have been lucky to get five. Yeah. So I might, we might, I might go down there on Friday. I might go and have a little bit of a look before I get uh, attend to some other work. But uh, the field, let's go through some of the field. So, firstly, mm-hmm. firstly, firstly, first point of order. That's why. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I joke. Most of the stuff that comes out of my is either a swipe at myself or, um, you know, just trying to have a bit of a laugh. It's never really taken that seriously. But, you know, one of those things that we don't take ourselves too seriously on is me being the um, the wind whisperer, the tour whisperer. Um, if, yes. you, if you want to win on tour, you've got to get alongside me at a pro-am. Well, you know that I played at the pro-am at the uh, WPGA uh, Melbourne International Event sponsored by Drum and Golf last week. Yep. Played with Stephanie Nah. What a fine young lady. We talked about Steph last week. Just a wonderful young young woman and a great golfer. Didn't play that well the day that we played. Finished fairly strong. Shot the low round of the tournament uh, the day after. Goes down to the Peninsula Kingswood uh, Foundation Pro-Am on Monday at the PK. I think it was on the North Course. Uh, a whole host of a lot of the players that are playing in the Players Series played in the Pro-Am. Were invited by Fraser and Jeff to go up and play there. And Steph goes out and wins the thing. Not only wins it. What did, how many birdies did she have? She shot 66 and had 10 birdies along the way. Now, just to paint the picture of uh, Steph Nars 10 birdie route of the North, I think it was the North course, uh, 10 birdie route. Um, she had about two hours sleep. She flew across from Adelaide that morning and um, bolted down to PK and, uh, yeah, just rattled off 10 birdies. So she was very appreciative. She, she did. I did remind her that Mojo is with her. Uh, <laughs> she did. She did say, "I hope I haven't used it all, and I hope it can be." Um, I appreciate. Yeah, you know, she said, "I hope I haven't used it all. I appreciate it, but um, I wouldn't mind uh, sticking around for some bigger wins." And you know, she yeah. she'll she'll she could win. She could win this week. She could. She's got some stiff competition in the in the women's side uh, with Steph Kiriakou and Kristen Rudgley and uh, ooh, a whole host of Crystal Bloom and Grace Kim. Grace Kim and. Suo, is Suo back? Not sure. Maybe, no, no, Suo's maybe in the States. So, yeah, anyway, that was uh, the Whisperer's back. So, the Whisperer's back. They, they rubbed off a game. If you are playing at the uh, Vic Open next week, uh, I'd be... You want you uh, want to be drawn, Ross. I, I'm just going to say I'd be jockeying for position now. Normally, it's the other way around. Normally, the AMs are hoping for a good draw of a pro, whereas you, we're saying it's probably going the other direction. I've thrown that out on the head. I've thrown that concept on the head, and uh, you yeah. know, the, the proof is now there. Um you know, within the within the six to twelve months, and in Steph's case, it was six days. Uh, you, you will go on to win. Yeah, well, can't argue with it. it I, look, you can't. It, it, it's literally exposed form. That's happened. It's once as once as unlo- once as a fluke, whatever it is, but three times. If if playing with Ross in a pro am is on your spreadsheet, there <laughs> that vast uh, entity <laughs> that you look at would be unbackable. Uh, anyway, um, who do, who do we fancy? Strokes gained, Ross pro am. <laughs> uh, oh, well, we talked a little bit about this the other day. I think you were you thought 
Bryden McPherson was probably the, the good bet. Um, I don't don't disagree. You you know his game a lot better than mine, and he knows that area well. I think I'll probably just stick with Alpha Smiley from. He was my pick the other week at the at the uh, Aussie PGA, and he played some good golf. Um, and he played well in this last year, so I think I'd probably stick with him. Oh, either of those two would be good. Michael Sims there as well. So those those three are probably the ones that I'll be working around. Well, certainly Brian has been a fairly consistent performer. Uh, he won the New South Wales Open uh, last year um, in the broken up uh, tour season that they had uh, and cobbled together. But uh, he's playing playing pretty well. He knows the track. He's, he's hometown you know he once upon a time played for devil bend in that uh, peninsula district pennant as a kid um that's where i first met brighton young upstart uh just playing lights out every week and then got whisked up to the uh the big smoke for pennant up there but um he, yeah elvis smiley he went he went really deep yeah he played well i think um i think brighton went well okay last year as well i had a very quick look at the tournament just the history from the last year or the year before um, did they run last year with COVID? I can't remember anymore. It's all sort of blending into one the last couple of years. Yeah, it was the first year, so let's call it, just call it last year and, and yeah. move on. But uh, he finished fifth and Elvis went uh, pretty low. Who won? Uh, Brad Kennedy. The Brad Kennedy won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude. But uh, a lot of people are fancying Dave Michaluzzi, obviously another uh, you know golfer that plays uh, down this way and has played a lot with the, the guys from down that part of the world. You know, obviously the Marcasanis, that's their home home track so there's there's a fair bit of local talent on offer uh, yeah i think uh i think like we were talking about earlier in the week i think after you watch the aussie pga and i've already forgotten his name but he won the pga was a local rq boy now a lot of people have put that in their mind well if people that know the course well enough are winning why wouldn't you go and look for someone who spent a little bit of time playing down in the mornings in peninsula let's look at some of the other players uh the men so far, we've got, you know, we've got some serious big tour names. Yeah, Matthew Griffin, mm-hmm. one, yeah, yeah. One, one on this tour, plays in Japan. Uh, Anthony Quayle, one last week. Uh, who else have we got? We've got Marcus Fraser, European tour winner, still playing really, really well. Jeff Ogilvie, of course. Uh, Jared Felton, super-duper player from uh, Western Australia. Europe, former European tour, Jimmy Papadados, Scott Arnold, mm-hmm. uh, Diane Lawson, Legends, Peter Lonard and Peter O'Malley. Richard Green. Matt Miller. Mark, Matt Miller always somehow always finds a way to finish top 10. Michael Sim, West Australians, I think Michael Sim. Chucky Fowler. Sam Brazzles played on the European Tour. There's, Aaron Pike, who played well again. He was up at the PGA and played really good golf. Uh, Brady Watt, you know, former number one uh, ranked amateur in the world and also plays his golf down this way. Uh, clearly, we're scrolling through uh, the, the the screens there. We, this isn't written down, but, um, yeah, there's what, I'm, what we're saying is there's a lot of players. Who are you going to pick? Mm-hmm. Who are you picking? Elvis Smiley, right? I'll stick with Elvis. If you're going to take Bryden, I'll take, uh, I'll take Elvis. Okay, I'll go with Bryden and I'm going to stick with Steph. I'm going to stick with Steph. So you can say stick with Steph. That way, if Steph Kiriaku wins or Steph Nair wins, you're going to claim it, aren't you? Oh, no, I'm going to go with Steph. <laughs> I'm going to go with Steph Nair. I'm not going to be that vague, but uh, Steph Kiriaku, she's a great young player as well. Uh, she's very good. Uh, that's my picks uh, there. Um, might get down there. If I do, you'll see the photos, obviously, on my love of golf. But the big event, well, what is the big event? The PGA Tour or is it the Saudi International? The, the PGA Tour would love to say that it's Pebble, but looking at the field, it's... Uh, Probably the first time ever when we can say there's an event on the European or the DP World Tour, there's an event on the PGA Tour this week, and there's an event on the Asian Tour, 
And the biggest one of the lot is the Asian Tour event. That's hands down. If if you put uh, if you measured the size of the tour by winnings or wealth, uh, it can mm. only it can only be one t- one tournament that's going to win that competition and therefore be the biggest one uh, for this week. Now, just before you and I start talking, this is mm. where I'm going to insert an interview that I've just got off the phone before we caught up uh, with uh, Blakey. Now, Blakey, the listeners uh, should would know from being the chief of Golf Rules Questions, he provides a great service to golfers who. Want more about the rules. Uh, Blake and I've worked together on his podcast. We've, you know, I guess uh, I consulted to him uh, on the YouTube thing. He's gone from eight hundred to fourteen thousand. He's just doing great work, and um, he's over there refereeing. So he is on the ground at the Saudi International and uh, doing his work, which he hasn't done for a while in terms of refereeing. So he's pretty excited. So I'm going to play that interview with Blakey you get from one of the referees. It's going to be alongside. All those players that we talk about, uh, Patrick Reed. I asked him about the rough and the depth of the rough uh, in true rocket sort of fashion. Um, of course, like a true professional, he sort of batted it away. He knew where I was going and he just maintained a strict professional bat. You can hear that and uh, we'll put that in now. David Blake at the Saudi International. Welcome back to the Mile of Golf Podcast. It's been a while since you've been on, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, uh, Roscoe. Yeah, it's uh, been a while since I've been on any podcast. Uh, I don't know if you know, but I'm miss, I'm missing you over there at the uh, golf rules question. Uh, well, I'm sure you're missing me, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure the fans are missing me as well, David. Don't worry. Hey, um, but more <laughs> more importantly, more not about me. Um, spent too much time talking about me on this podcast, so this is about you. You're in your natural habitat, Blakey. Yeah, back back doing uh, a tournament, which I'm very happy about, and uh, very lucky uh, that I've been invited here by the uh, agent tour. So, um, looking forward to this week. So you find yourself over there at uh, uh, Royal Greens. Royal Greens at the Saudi International, uh, refereeing with the Asian Tour. How did uh, how did all that come about, mate? Yeah, so uh, obviously I'm I've been working at Spring Valley Golf Club uh, the last three months, which months, which has been great. After I left uh, Golf Australia, you know the the COVID situation has meant that I haven't been working too many tournaments of late, and something that I absolutely loved doing and, and wish I was doing full-time. Ended up getting a job at Springs Valley, uh, but in the meantime, have been keeping my ties and, and you know, I'm a, I'm a friendly guy like like people, so uh, I'm keeping in touch with the people that uh, run tournaments and, and referee and a guy over at the PGA, Australian PGA has made it all, Nick Dasty has made it all happen with the, the Asian tour, so yeah, it's, it's they, they made the connection and invite, made the invite to me. Um, to come over here and referee at the Saudi International. Yeah, that it's on the Asian tour rather than uh, last year. It was on the European tour. So, yeah, made the trek on Sunday night. It was about 13 hours to Abu Dhabi and another two and a half to Jeddah and then an hour and a half car ride up from Jeddah to where we're staying in King Abdullah University of Science and Technology and then Royal Greens, the golf course, is in Economic City. That's right. Hey, very exciting. Uh, I know you're pumped because uh, we spoke about it the other day to get back on the refereeing uh, scene. Um, you know, it's been a, a while coming for you and you, career-wise you've you've pivoted and it looks like uh, the move out of Golf Australia into the golf course world and then just being open to talking to other people in other parts of the world and other tours, uh, maybe opening this door and who knows where it goes from there. But I know that you are pumped to be back out there pressing the flesh with the great golfers of the world. Who have you got up there? Who have you seen? Have you, uh, it's obviously not, uh, the tournament hasn't started yet, but the gents are out practicing. Have you um, been out there just uh, 
Flexing. Hi, I'm Dave. I'll be calling the shots here this week. Uh, you know, watch out for me. If you see my little uh, non-roof cart coming, lift the rope over at the appropriate time. Thanks very much, Mr. Mickelson. Yeah, no, it's been good. I, rubbing shoulders, uh, not quite. I stick, uh, stick under a tree um, and just make sure that the, the tournament goes ahead as, as well as it should. And uh, everything, all the set up and everything's going well. And, you know, as, as you said, it doesn't start till tomorrow. Got the pro am out there today, so I'll probably rock out there and see some of the Aussie players. Uh, I've seen a couple of the Aussie players already: Ben Eccles, uh, Lucas Herbert, Louis Dobler, uh, Wade Ormsby. I think Scott Hens here this week. Cameron Smith, Mark Leishman. Um, so there's a good Aussie contingent out here. I think Brad Kennedy's here as well. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, and then you know, and then there's all the, the paid players from. European Tour and the, and the PGA Tour, which is a, you know a fair a fair whack. Uh, you know, I was looking at obviously I'm on that Teepster, te- yeah Teepster with uh, my love of golf, um, and I was looking at the AT and T, and I thought that that was a bit slim for big stars there this week. Most of them are here in Saudi International, so you know Bryson's here, Patrick Reed, um, plenty of sand around in the desert, lots of really 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 green grass, so. Um, yeah, it's a picturesque course because of that. Really, really green grass. How's the rough looking? Is it uh, you know hand hand level deep, finger level deep? Well, it's it's a quite an interesting. I'm I'm just in the real beginner stages of learning what grass, you know, what type of grass is used and all that kind of thing. And a lot of power here, and which they have to water a lot. So in terms of sustainability, I'm not so sure it quite works in that mould. You know, the, the desert beside the fairways and rough is constantly wet from watering so much at night time. They also have, uh, let me get back to that point, but they also have light towers. I've seen your photo, Ross, but they also have light towers out here on the back nine for night golf, um, which just looks fantastic. Um, the lights are actually on this morning, and I'll try and, when we get here early tomorrow, it'll be interesting to see. Like, you, you know, you can just turn the lights on and the greenkeeper can cut the grass at 3 a.m. or whatever it is, but... Um, getting back to that point about the rough height, it's 70 mils. They're cutting 70 mils, but it's quite interesting because ball, we threw a, book, a few balls into the grass and it sort of pops itself up. It doesn't, it doesn't sit down, it doesn't settle down, it actually pops itself up. So it's not as hard a shot as a lot might be thinking. And you, you, could, you certainly shouldn't be able to lose your ball in, in, in that 70 mil cut. The moment's probably passed, but it sets up for the joke. Uh, it's probably no good then hanging out with uh, Patrick. The rough's not deep enough for him uh, to perform at his best this week, uh, where your department's concerned, David. But I'm sure that uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, if you find yourself near Patrick Reid, um, you might have a you might have a situation to uh, to adjudicate on. Um, that might help your stocks uh, rise in the Asian Tour and the World Tour situations, David. If you can get your mug on TV adjudicating for Patrick Reid, yeah, that'd be that'd be all right, wouldn't it? Uh, well, I mean, the, the dream is always to uh, call a player out, make sure that all the other, you know, all the other players um, now make you the hero. But no, that's not the kind of situations you do want to find yourself in. Um, usually, usually the uh, the official referee doesn't really take the, the get gets the positive review. Um, everyone usually just blames the rules, but uh, you know, we're 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 just, we're just out here saying. You know what the rule book says, and we do it for the whole field, so we're as even as and consistent as possible. Greens are free of of creating that big situation like um, John Paramore did with um, Sevi Dalsteros with the, the hole under the tree 
35 years ago, but uh, I, I don't think that's my style. My style is just to make sure that, you know, it's consistent. Everyone plays under the rules consistently, and it'll be a big pace of play issue this week too. So uh, it's a 7,000-yard course with uh, – it's it's close to a type of a resort course, close. Um, so, you know, the green the green to tee walk probably makes it an extra – at least an extra thousand yards, you know, and getting upwards. So you've got an eight and a half thousand yard walk plus they're playing golf. So pace of play uh, will will be tough this week. And, you know, it's nice 28 degrees, cloudy day to day. The wind is supposed to get up a little bit to about 40k um, gusts. So it's really going to make uh, pace of play difficult. They're teeing off at 7am and then, you know, it gets dark here about 6.30 because it's basically in the middle of winter. Uh, so, yeah, pace of play will definitely be at the forefront. So hopefully we're, hopefully they're not too slow. We're pushing them along. Bruce, how many referees have you got over there this week? Uh, yeah, so there's Asian Tour um, referees. You know, the Asian Tour is just getting back on its feet. Uh, for the last two years, it's uh, hasn't had any tournaments. You know, COVID really, um, yeah, killed it. Put a put a bullet in it, uh, at least in its side. Um, but you know, they're, they're patching it up and managing to create tournaments again. And this is one of their biggest tournaments, or if not their biggest tournament on the tour. Um, so a lot of the referees, you know, they've found other jobs in the previous couple of years, and so we've got some some new guys. And then they they lean on some of the federations, like obviously. You know, Australia, we're sort of a, a partner with the Asian Tour with a couple of our tournaments. So that's why I'm sort of over here working with them. And then, uh, yeah, the, the Korean Golf Association has sent someone. And then there's a few of the uh, the Thailand, a uh, few of the Thai Asian Tour regulars. And then uh, Filipino and Malaysian Tour. So uh, no one, you know, referees, we don't really try and be famous or anything like that so there's no one that anyone would know but uh, yeah we're just here to make sure that they're a well-run tournament basically. Mate you're talking about the Asian Tour you know not being um, very active the last couple of years uh, it certainly seems like it's got a bit of a shot in the arm on the back of the announcement for uh, with the LIV investments and that uh, organisation putting the events together with uh, Greg Norman yeah what's has there been much for talk that's, and chat about that? There's a huge a huge shot in the arm it's, uh, it's a massive um, deal and you know they're, they're trying to make waves in the golf industry and it's an interesting situation that uh, maybe I'll elaborate on it a little bit more um, in the coming weeks with you but uh, you know they they even going to try and hug, yeah, where, where the European Tour have um, gone into Asia now Asia are thinking about going into the European Tour um, territory with that tournament in London um, right before the US Open. So, it, you know, it's very positive around here. Everyone knows that there's a lot of money and they're trying to get something done. And, you know, the Golf Saudi are uh, behind this. They're backing it with uh, with LIV and PIF and whatever other acronym you can find. But, uh, you know, they're really trying to grow golf in Saudi Arabia. The Greg Norman's obviously got a lot of courses that he's probably going to design and set up in the next few years. You know, if I uh, if personally, if I play my cards right, hopefully I can become a permanent fixture on the Asian Tour. But uh, who knows? Uh, contractor for hire at this stage, and this is a good start. Thank you, um, 
you know, for the advertisement there. Uh, just uh, backing that up, if anyone's looking for a referee on any global tour, DP uh, World Tour, PGA Tour, or in fact the Asian Tour where you're currently at, uh, David Blake, uh, you can contact him here at the Mile of Golf Podcast. So you can get him at the Golf Rules questions. Oh, he's everywhere with Golf Rules How many uh, YouTube followers have we got you up to now, mate? Where, where, where are we at? Uh, we're at to 14,200, so always looking for more. And you can, uh, you know, we, we do a lot of good uh, rules education stuff there. And um, also we try and explain um, a lot of the situations that pop up on the PGA Tour and the European Tour. And maybe even this week we'll find something um, Asian Tour from the Asian Tour coverage. And I might have to explain why I gave a ruling the way I did or something like that. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, mate, I, I hope it. Um, I'll let you go because it is. Um, you know, we're on the phone and it's costing someone here, you know, forty bucks a minute. Um, I'll let you go. <laughs> I I do hope that you do. You know, have a plain sailing uh, tournament, but I do hope you get to uh, use the skills that you have and have crafted over many years of being ahead of the curve in, as you mentioned, those uh, how, you know the sites, the golf course questions, all the work that you do there is a wealth of information for golfers of the world who you know there's more and more coming into the game every week we all know that we talk about that so you know your resources are available uh, support to golfers um and it's proven by the fact that it's grown so much you know it wasn't that long ago however many months maybe 12 months 18 months ago that we're sitting here talking about a youtube channel that had 800 subscribers um by the way that's another plug for the uh, the my love of golf youtube 100, 121 subscribers uh dave we picked up three this week so um we need a little bit of your your followers love um but yeah we had um you know 800 or so couple of years ago we you had 800 or so a couple of years ago a year ago and uh, 14,000 so it just shows how uh, valuable and um, relevant your content is and I'm glad that you're over there doing the biz mate I'm proud of you mate so well done oh, thank you very much Roscoe and uh, obviously yeah you've been there from right from the start so I really appreciate it and we've got a great working relationship together so you know it's, it's, I'm uh, glad that uh, my love of golf is just kicking goals as well along the way so uh, yeah as you said if, uh, if anyone is looking for a, a referee for their tour, uh, I mean, I'll be doing, I'll be back to doing Spring Valley Club champs next week. So, you know, any, any it, it doesn't matter if it's five million dollars or five dollars, I'll, I'll be there. But uh, speak, please speak to my manager, Ross with Ross Flanagan. <laughs> hey, you keep, um, you keep going. You, you've been a great supporter of mine. I'd be, I'd be happy for that title and that job. In all seriousness, um, mate, say good day to some of the chaps that uh, we know over there. Good day to uh, Wade. Uh, say good day to Herbie, uh, Louis Dobbs. Uh, they're all great favourites of the podcast. Uh, we don't ask them to come on, but we, they know that we love them, and we know that uh, they will be doing their best to uh, play and represent uh, and try and win some cash. Uh, so say good day to those boys when you see them, and um, send us a photo, and that'd be great. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll keep the inside word as. as when it comes to hand but uh, yeah I look forward to catching up with you um, in a couple of weeks and give you a bit more information on what I found out alright mate great to have you on the My Love of Golf podcast again thanks mate I'll see you later cheers Roscoe anyway Mike so that's Blakey uh, pretty exciting stuff for the young man yeah big well like you said after a little bit of time away to step into that to step into a small tournament would be one thing but to step into that with the likes of Dustin Johnson Xander Shoffley Cam Smith, Terrell Bryson. It's a big, big, big day for him. Big event. Who are you going with? Um, as much as I don't like picking him, and it's purely because he can be completely headless at times, I'm probably going to pick Terrell. All right. Yeah. DJ's had exceptional form here. I think he's won it twice, and Bryson's won it twice. 
I've got a soft spot this week for Leash. I think Leash can have a good week. But I was going to pick one, I'd probably say, uh, I'd probably say Tyrrell over Leash. So you'll stick with a, a European, Tyrrell plays everywhere, but uh, mm. yeah, he's a European um, and more European oriented than PGA Tour. So you're not going to go flat out with an American. No, nah, Tyrrell's had some really good results in the Middle East. Um, yeah, I mean, his price isn't extraordinary. He played pretty well last week without really ever threatening. Um, but yeah, I, I think he'd be my pick. But like, there's some, like, you can't go wrong. There's so many people you can pick from this week. Such a deep field. Ozzy Abe's there, Tony Finau, Cam Smith. Well, wow, it's yeah. Patrick Reed, Matt Wolf, Thomas Peters, Wahin Neiman, Westwood, Garcia, Herbert, Lowry, Poulter. It goes on and on and on. Uh, but even uh, some others. Um, just a shout out to uh, Jamie. G'day to Jamie. Jamie's over in uh, the state, still working with his clients over there, and he just spent uh, like Monday last week or this week. He was with Ryan Ruffles, and Ryan Ruffles is now on the ground in Saudi, about to tee it up. Um, you've got good to uh, see him pick up some. It'd be good to see him pick up some good solid form and lock it in for an extended period. Promises he's got a lot of ability. Who are the other Aussies? We've talked about Benny Eccles. Um, We've talked about Louis Dobler. Yeah, Dobbs is there. Wade Ormsby's there. Wade's there. Louis James Dobler. He's got his full name list, listed out there. Louis James Dobler. Scotty Hand. Didn't see many others after that, after the Aussies. There's a few. There's a few that you wouldn't have sort of expected, purely because, I think what we were saying, being an Asian tour event, probably a little bit more gateways to get into the tournament. And uh, do you know who Louis Dobbs has got on the back? No. Was also backing up after a fairly big week. Who? Uh, Gaz. Where, where was he last week? Uh, he was um, helping Ash Barty uh, hold the cup up at, uh, at the Australian Open. Oh, I thought you meant he was caddying somewhere else. I thought, crikey, why would he be somewhere else? No, I'm pretty sure I saw Gaz Kissick over there with uh, Louis Dobbs. Uh, Gaz has caddied for Prue when he won the Dogwood and all of those amateur events last year. But uh, mm-hmm. obviously Gary Kissick, uh, a great golfer in himself, and um, Ash Barty's partner. Uh, pretty fairly fairly sizable couple of weeks for Gaz, and then he's just jumped on the plane and going over there to uh, caddy for Louis Dobbs. Yeah, that's a that's a solid two weeks. It's still three weeks, two weeks of the Australian Open, and straight over there. Jed Jed's playing. Jed in Saudi. Jed. Uh, yes, I think he might be. The Jed Jed I Jed won the um who I couldn't remember before who won the PGA. He yeah. is, yeah, yeah he is, he is. He's playing there. Uh, marked around the same price as Jason Duffner and our boy Jazz. Jazz Jane, Jazz Jane, what an odd. Jazz Jenna Watanod. Watanod. Say it again. That's one of those ones. Jazz Jane Watanod. Jazz Jane, what an odd. What an odd. Yeah. <laughs> go around forever on that name. Oh, <laughs> it's one of those it. ones whenever they do those quizzes, they try and get people to spell it. Uh, no, no, no one ever gets it right. Another reason why the European tour is pretty good because they, they always get Jazz Jane Watanod pretty Pretty spot on. Uh, okay, now there's another tournament happening, a uh, little PGA Tour event over a little golf course, uh, one of those hacks courses over at Pebble Beach. Um, there is Pebble this week. Well, first we should go through last week because people that are tuning in for the tips, uh, Luke List won. There was a battle of the non-winners in the end. It was Luke List and Will Zalatoris and uh, went to a playoff at Torrey Pines and Luke List prevailed with an exceptional shot into 18. Uh, put it into about a foot and a half. Did you watch much of it last week? No, I didn't. I stayed up and did a little bit of European tour action. I'm, I'm yep. not part of the, uh, the 
you're the other side. You're the other um, I clock in and you clock out and yeah. vice versa. I'm the night person. Uh, but good on you, Mike, for wanting to talk about the uh, tips because <laughs> it would have been very easily for you to hide from your poor form. No. Well, I feel bad for the other, I think there's one, two, three, four, five, six people that are also on zero dollars after three, three rounds. Um, Ro, I'll, I'll name them all because I don't, I don't want to feel left out. Row Adams hacks to single figure. Robo Mad, Robo Magic, BT Elect, Speed Fanatic. That I'll probably save Speed for this week. And Sandy saves. Now I should add in at least two of those signed up this week, so I haven't had a chance to pick, and I've had three cracks at it. But yes, I am last. Am I am equal last in the tipping? Uh, Nomadic Golfer who's having his best life ever. He's touring around uh, Tassie playing some great golf and he's leading this comfortably from the Shermanator. Uh, Goffey in third and then Public Golf and Brett McDonald make up the top five. But uh, you're doing, you and Rocket are fighting it out. Rocket, Rocket, geez, Rocket's been stiff. He picked, he picked Russell Henley and then changed his pick by accident and that would have got him, I think, second prize. And this week he had Jay Day out of nowhere and that nearly got him a win. So he shot up to 12 from the ladder uh, and uh, you're 13th. So you're side by side, 12th and 13th. And before you ask, I'm tied for 54th of 60. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think most people who listen to this are part of that uh, or if they are part of the, the um, tipping comp, they do listen. And uh, they've reminded you. Oh, that, do you know, how, I'm not even joking. I would have at least half a dozen people messaging me either pictures of the Audi symbol for this week in case they get four zeros in a row or just basically wanting to know who to pick, who I'm picking so they can pick somebody else. That's how I'm going. Uh, but I think, look, I, I'm glass half full. I look at it like imagine how difficult it is to make a pick of someone who's in the top five in the odds and they miss the cut three times in a row. That's as In footy tipping terms, that's as hard as picking the loser, which is hard as picking the winner. To see what I'm going on, I think I'm doing very well. <laughs> Maybe <Yeah>. not. <laughs> uh, but um, last week, Kirky, Public Golf, Goffey and Brett McDonald all picked Will Zalatoris, who lost in the playoff. Probably lost it a bit earlier with his putting. His putting is horrendous inside of four feet. Uh, and so they picked up uh, 915,600 points for their uh, troubles. He still like he arm locks it, mm-hmm. but he's got this in the short putts. He's still got this big inside stroke. It's just, oh, I look and you know that my putting stance and grip is weird, right? So, and when I look at him, I think he looks weird. He doesn't look comfortable. It looks twitchy. The part that sort of floated around a bit, I felt bad for him, and I was a little bit surprised the last couple of days at Tory. They seem to have cut practice pins right next to the tournament day pins. So he was putting over an old hole. You could see the circle. So that was his first problem. Like you said, he locked it in. I mean, there was only a foot and a half. There's no excuses. Just give it something but and, and get it there. Don't just take the break out of it. But he just looked twitchy. He took it away on kind of the outside and then came back for a loop and it was a very weird stroke. Well, is he, is he a backer-upper? Is Jay Day a backer-upper? Who do we, who do we go for? For this week at Pebble, uh, I'm going to go with – I'm actually tossing up between – 
I think it's a very weird field here, right? So when I look at my the data that I run, the data lake, the person who stacks up the best is Will Zalatoris. Now, I would never pick Will. Best reason is he's withdrew this morning, so he can't pick him. So anyone who's put their tips in early and doesn't listen to this and they don't pay attention, there's a chance they might end up still picking him. Um, and the second pick comes up as Dan Berger. And Daniel Berger, for me, he's going to be my pick. I am a little bit worried about him, one, because I keep picking losers, but also because uh, last week he had a couple of times he had his caddy pick the ball out of the hole for him, which tells me his back's not going too well. Uh, but he plays so well here and he stacks up perfectly. But it's either him or Cantlay, and I don't want to burn Cantlay at Pebble Beach. I think I'll save Cantlay for the majors. Why does Danny Berger play so well at Pebble? Like, is it just low-scun-cut low type shots? That, those little fizzes. I was listening to um, – I was reading something the other day that a, that a PGA, an ex-caddy had written, and he was describing what works here, and he sort of said it's kind of like it's a very hard, it's like a bit of a Rubik's Cube on how to play well here. There's, you know, a stroke-scan approach will help and bits and pieces will help, but being able to take into account the fog and the weather changes and other bits and pieces that sort of happen and playing in a pro-am with, you know, super slow rounds are going to have this week. Um, it's something that once you sort of get used to it or figure out how to play it or are comfortable with it, you just tend to play well there. Uh, I think if you look at guys like, well, I think you said Jason Day, I'll look up as an example someone like Jason Day because I've got his stats here. Now, Jason Day's finishes at Pebble since, well, since, since I've got the last 10 results, he's finished 9th, 6th, 64th, 4th, 11th, 5th, 2nd, 4th, 4th, 7th. That's, that is unbelievable results for a tournament to finish that many top 10s in 10 years. So... I think it's one of those things of just being comfortable. Uh, and when you're comfortable and you've got it all right, and it takes a bit of effort. I mean, as you know, being a professional pro-am player, it is it is a different sort of golf. And being able to be comfortable playing with people that aren't professionals and people that are going to want to talk and they're going to probably annoy you and it's going to be slow, you need to be comfortable with that. I don't, I don't know how they do it. Like, I don't know if we mentioned this last week, but... You know, playing with Steph, we were having that good a time, just chatting and and getting to know as a group. Yeah. Uh, the caddy, her caddy included, like it was like a social round. And yeah, you know, I got a few holes in, and I had to sort of stop myself and think, oh, you know, she's playing for money here, so I just yeah. just back off. And you know, I couldn't obviously tell my other playing partners what to say or what not to say. Yeah, and, but I did. I did get super conscious of the putts that she was hitting, especially early in the round when she made a couple of bogeys, like where the, uh, they missed and my playing partners were like, oh, good roll. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, just. Yeah, she's playing for money. She doesn't care about our four ball score. It's, it's, the last, uh, it's the last thing you want to hear, a putt that's missed, you know, a good roll as a pro, yeah. you know, just get in the hole, and be a great yeah. putt in the hole. And yeah. um, I can only imagine that, yeah, these guys playing for score – Subject to that sort of vibe with some of these other uh, players that oh. are playing with them, and I, I just don't know how they how they uh, how they do. And and with all due respect to, and I'll just pick someone that I know is playing, Clint Eastwood. I mean, he's going to be having a long day, right? And he's playing a long day, and these guys here are hitting. I mean, they're playing off of different tees and all sorts of things. But some of the swings you're going to see if you watch the coverage, and to be honest, I think it's the worst week of the year to watch PGA Tour golf. I don't want to watch Larry the Cable Guy 
scull five woods into 170-metre path rates. I don't care. Kenny G, don't care how you hit a golf ball. Alice Cooper, why am I even looking at you? Um, been a little bit of it, but they go so heavy on the AMs. It's just not It's not great coverage. And, look, it's great. It's a beautiful golf course. I'd, I'd love to be able to hit, play there one day. Um, but, yeah, for coverage and watching it, it's, it's not my favourite week of the year. Alistair Presnell has a great story about his um, time playing in this Pro-Am. And he, Alistair is a Tiger supporter. And he played with someone who owned a team. I can't remember which team it was, but they were the same colour as the Tigers. And I won't retell the story, but hmm. he kept talking about the Tigers. And the person who owned the team of the other colour kept, you know, getting agitated because yeah. Prez was going, go Tigers. <laughs> and the yeah. other guy was going, no, it's not Tigers. I'm the whatever team is. And anyway, um, they they, I don't think they saw eye to eye. Um, <laughs> but anyway, when he told me it was a funny story. Um, well, I'm going to go for Jason Day. I'm, yep. I'm going to go for Jason Day based on that form guide. And uh, thanks to Matty Mollica for also suggesting uh, as much. But I will make a notable mention. And, and I meant to make a notable mention of him last week, and he performed very well. I won't tip him, but he's there. He's been practicing there. He's with his coach. Uh, coach has been on this podcast before, Andy Proudman. Aaron Rye. Yep. Trying to forge away in the PGA Tour this year, first year in the Tour, and um, playing really well. Playing, playing really, really well. Yeah, playing really well. So yeah. look out for Aaron Rye. If you want someone other than Jason Day and you are nervous on uh, Jason, Day's, Jason Day's longevity... Uh, oh yeah, Aaron, Aaron Rye could be um could be a uh, you know someone who might might do well. Um, no, he, he he stacks up very well. So he stacks up number ten in my um my models. Uh, Berger's first, Cantlay second, which is easy because they're the two best, and the, and the data doesn't lie. Lucas Glover, Hayden Buckley come up next. They're probably middle of the road, but the guys that I think are going to be very popular this week, Maverick McNeely played really well here last year. Um and can shoot a very good score, uh, low scores. Uh, Mito Pereira, Tom Hoagie, and then the other one that's probably just a little bit different, a, a guy who's above 100 to 1, but he's about 120 to 1, Troy Merritt, Troy Merritt uh, someone that stacks up pretty well as well. So there's a lot to choose from up the pointy end anyway. I mean, if you don't like any of those, you know, you've got, uh, what is it, 155 other people to choose from. Now, as we said, it's a big week. Uh, PGA Tour. The PGA Tour is in. Uh, where are they? They're in. Uh, Saudi. Are they in Saudi? Are they? Yeah, they're in Saudi. Yeah. I'm not PGA, PGA Tour. Sorry, the DP World Tour. Sorry, DP World PGA. Too many. The DP World Tour is in the Emirates, Emirates, United Arab Emirates. Yeah. So it's a it's a bit all over the place. It's um, it's it's one of those ones where I, I think I said before. Um, I I. Just automatically, when I thought the Saudi events coming up, that that meant that was DP World Tour, but it's not. That's the Asian Tour. So the DP is running themselves. They're running it. Um, yeah, I'm going to try and pronounce this for everyone at home, and I'm not remembering off the top of my head. I am reading it. Al Hamra Golf Course at Raz Al Kami. Kam- Ka- I think it'd be Kaima. Kaima, as in Martin Kaima. Kai- Raz Al Martin Kaima uh, in the United Arab Emirates. Yeah, so. Uh, Again, not a not a super field. There's a lot of people that have uh, either taken time off or gone to, to play in the Saudi event. Interesting. Like, like, yeah, it's it's really interesting to to see. Obviously, the players from Australia that have 
gone to play in Saudi have some Asian tour affiliation, the ability to mm. go across there and but they've got money to go would like Wade oh, and, yeah. and Hend being uh, paid to go over and play there or they they've just nominated to go there because it's yeah better field, better money, all that sort of thing. Yeah. I think those guys towards the bottom end would have been uh they would have been signing on purely because they know that's a solid pay this week. Like it's a good pay packet. Yep. Uh, or opportunity. If you make the cut, it's it's gonna be some solid coin. Um but yeah, the guys at the point here, they're all getting paid to be there. They're they're, they're on a no Got a funny feeling. I could be wrong. My memory is not always the best, but I, I remember someone saying not long ago that the lightest pay pack was, I want to say it was a couple of hundred grand to go over there and play if you're on the, on the PJ Tour. A couple of hundred US to shoot over and play in the Saudi, win, lose, or draw. So, like, Hard. for example, Ruff, you know, if Ruff goes over there and MC Hammers, um, that's, yeah. that's the sort of money that might be uh, slung his way. No, so if you MC Hammers, uh, Ryan, he'll he'll, he'll nothing. get nothing. Right, so he's, he's I mean, they're, they're probably giving him something. I mean, you you would think that for someone like that to be in the travel, take take the punt to go there and do that, you would hope that there's something in it for him. Maybe some travel expenses, possibly. I, I, I don't know. Right. Okay. Um, but for someone like DJ, um, there's yeah millions four hundred to turn up and then opportunity at prize money and whatever else. Oh, I'd be shocked if Herbie wasn't getting paid to turn up. It'd be more. It'd have to be more than four hundred for like DJ and P. Reed and those guys. For, I don't know. It's a lot of money to throw out there just to turn up. Yeah. If you multiply it out, it's going to be a, a big chunk of change before you even get to the prize money. Uh, well, we'll get back to the point about the chunk of change and then yeah, the other yeah. stuff that's going on around uh, the um, Saudi League. But the DP World Tour. Who do you fancy there? Uh, I really haven't looked at it at all. I did. I paid a lot of attention last week. Looking at that list, I'd probably end up shopping well down the list and hope for a pray for a miracle. I'd probably follow somebody like I was going to say Thomas Detry, but he cannot putt. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Nikolai Hodgard. Nikolai, Nikolai, uh, where's, where's Nikolai? Hogarden. Yeah, Hogarden, yeah, Hogarden. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Patrick Harrington to be inside the top 10. I like, actually, no, I'm changing. I'm going to go with How Tong Lee. How Tong Lee showed some form last week. He's showed some form since he's been back. He played really well on his US turn up, turn up in the US event, and he played really well last week. He might have pulled his finger out and decided he knows, you know, he knows how to play golf, and he might try and do it every now and then. I don't know how Tong Lee. Uh, I've never never met him. I've uh, maybe met a caddy of his once, and uh, he was an interesting character. But I think how Tong Lee is an interesting character, hmm. and he's a, you know, no question about his golf talent. He is a super, no. super talented golfer, and I just think he's got to get his head right and. And get yeah. in the, and decide that he is actually, as you say, in the game, and you know he can play golf. Like he is a super, super golfer. I think the biggest thing with with him is, well, and what it's probably tarred him for a little while is is what he turned up and did for the President's Cup. Yeah, he turned up without his caddy and didn't really get involved and played like shit. You just can't do that. Yep. Oh well, let's. Uh... Let's uh, hopefully don't put the moz on uh, how Tong Lee 
Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry, before I move on. Yeah. I saw today, uh, 2029, 2029 President's Cup might be coming back, Royal Melbourne. Well, well why wouldn't it be? It should be there every year, let's be honest. But uh, I think say, I know they would never move it there. I, I know, like, before anyone sends me another message and says, one, you don't know how to pick golfers in a one and done, two, it's never going to do that. How good would it be to get a Ryder Cup at Royal Melbourne? Yeah. It'd be unbelievable. Uh, it's never going to happen, but uh, it would be unbelievable, uh, predominantly because it's not in Europe. Um, no, I know. Maybe one day they get a uh, neutral event. I think the President's Cup at Peninsula Kingswood would be immense. You would say that. I'd love to see it at my local goat track. No, I'd, I'd like to see it at Peninsula Kingswood as well. I actually mentioned that when we are at the North Course, uh, finishing off. And I, I know you made a really good point about that last one not being... Would wouldn't be the tournament. Actually, it might be for for a um, for a, for something like the President's Cup, the 18th at the North, because no, no you're still shaking your head. No, well, there's not, not there's a lot of games go to 18. That's why I thought it wouldn't be wouldn't be the worst. I really like yeah. that whole. Uh, well, what would be the 16th? The 16th would be uh, the 16th on the south. No, the 16th on the south would be the par five, or the 16th on the north would be the, yeah, the par three. Yeah. yeah. Plenty of, room yeah. for, plenty of room for stands around either of those two holes, but certainly the 18th at um, you know, tournament set up. Yeah, not a lot to go to the 18th. In, have, in, you got a, have you got a composite course? Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Plenty sort it out. And plenty of car parking. Write them a letter. And a range and, a range and uh, facilities and accommodation for the um, and big – yeah, no, it'll be great. Uh, mm, train – Train line just down the road. Um, but anyway, uh, we're dreaming. <laughs> oh, at least your dream was a little bit more possible than my Royal Melbourne Ryder Cup. <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, that's still on the bucket list. Uh, I've been close to the Ryder Cup. I had tickets. Yeah, I told you that I've had tickets to the Ryder mm. Cup and couldn't go. Um, well, I've looked into the 2023 Rome tickets last week. Oh, see, see, see. The weekly tickets got released and are all sold out. And so I'm waiting for the next release. I'm assuming it's daily tickets. Can't you buy like a packet, uh, you know, like a package? You know? Probably do a package, but I might need to sell my car to, to buy it, my guess is. Uh, looking at the uh, current tickets for the President's Cup, uh, President's Cup, I think it is this year. Price gouging, mate. That's what they're doing to us golfers. They're pr- price gouging. I don't, don't bloody misses. No, um, oh, look, it's on the list. It's on the list. Uh, okay, let's uh, DP World Tour. Uh, the, what about the women? Oh, sorry, I should say before, the, I know you watched it last week, you just said the DP World Tour last week was a really good event. I, I, I really enjoyed it. The Rory, the Rory Richard Bland, uh, Victor Hovland show. Did you watch the lot final round? Yeah, I did. Uh, I'm interested to see what everyone else would think, but I was perplexed. I tried to put my Rory... My Rory hat on, and I, I come to two conclusions. You know, does he, does he, what would he do if that was the last hole in the Masters? Would he have yeah. Made the same oh. decision. What about seven, sir? Before we even get to well, eight. Yeah. How right. do you, how do you, I think you parred four days in a row a drivable par four, yeah. Rory. Yeah. And how do you get there on the, on the Sunday? 
and roll out the same strategy. I'm baffled. But when the other year had a one-shot lead at that point. Maybe. Well, no, it was he tired. Oh, that was shocking. Oh, well, just to see where he drove it there, like on the mm. short and left. like Why left, yeah. It does make sense for it makes sense for me and you, um, no. you know, hitting yeah. that type of shot, but it doesn't make sense for him with you know, the latest started out. I know they're not perfect and they're not infallible, but you know, latest started out stealth driver. Nothing wrong with the driver. It's more him. And uh, but why would you? You just don't, he, you don't he, set up to hit it there. He could have hit. I mean, I don't know his numbers, but he could have hit seven iron pitching wedge. Well, who made the playoff? Richard Bland, 48 years old. Because he made birdie. birdie, birdie. He, he went bang, bang and played from the middle of the fairway by laying up. Yeah, I was about to go to bed. So I thought, well, this is over. And then Victor Hovland went. Victor Hovland made a pretty stabby, rubbish putt and missed his par putt. Might have been around 15, 14. And then he went uh, birdie. And then I think he went eagle on the – he drove the 17th and made eagle, made, made an absolute bomb, and that's when I woke up and realised I'm not going to bed anymore. And then he made a, a rock-solid birdie on 18 after knocking it on in two. But like you said, Rory comes to the last hole, tied for the lead. I think he, I think he teed off with three wood and then hit three wood in. Is that right? Or did he hit driver? Pretty sure he hit driver and hit a good – Good driver and was on the right hand mm. side, and then just uh, you know went, went with the the fairway wood, and it was just this high whiffy cut into the into the water. And it wasn't like it, it wasn't like it just missed, like it missed, and, like it was a bit like uh, the Herbie's one that fanned off into the water, or I've seen Leach do it over in uh, Korea a few years ago. It's when it's out there and gone, it's like yeah, that's not that's not that's not getting there. He knew as soon as he hit it. Short short pin, um, you know, you never – short pin as in the pin was tucked close mm. into the water. Yeah. Obviously, there's probably into a little bit of wind, so they're going to hold it yep. up into the wind. It's going to come down steep. But still, if that was the Masters, would he have done the same thing? So does he not have the respect for the tournament? Like I get the fact that he just wants to nail it and get it on and yeah. get the win rather than muck around with um, you know, playoffs Playoff. or whatever. But yeah. If that's a, uh, uh, you know, does he, is he not treating the tournament with the respect that it deserves? The whole, he, he just doesn't care. Well, he's not won a, he's not won one of those events where he gets his little star on, on the leaderboard. He's not won one yet. So you'd obviously want that, like you, surely you want your name, you want your the star. Rolex event. Yeah, you want your because it was the first time it was newly elevated as a Rolex, mm. Rolex event. It'd never been one before. It was an Amiga event. Um, before. Oh, I know. There's, a, there's there's another podcast that calls. You got Rory, and then they call Victor Stone Rory because he he's like a mini Rory. They're the difference. Victor Hovland can close, like he can close, like he was not with three holes to go. He was not in the mix. I don't, don't know. I don't know if anyone else shot anything close. He shot six under final round. But I don't think anyone else got close to that. That's that's unbelievable golf. Uh, he finished way earlier, and um, I saw the people wanting uh, his golf balls. Uh, Said no, no. I might need. I might need them later on. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Richard Bland uh, is is just seems like a like a great 
a great fella, great ambassador of uh, English golf and on the European tour there. He got a bit stiff there at the, at the last. Um, you know, his lie wasn't, clearly wasn't great. You know, hit a five wood, yeah. uh, well, fairway wood. I'm not sure if it was a five wood. I can't remember, but uh, he went to the left side, which had a little bit of a bailout relief. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Stiff with the lie. Very unlucky with the putt. You know, didn't play a bad shot out of it. Unlucky with the putt. Should have went in, but didn't. Um, the rest is history. Uh, of course, um, one of the, uh, I forget the name of the commentator that works on the European tour is Richard Bland's coach. Uh, so the first person that that person had to talk to was Victor Hovland. Um, <laughs> it was a, would have been a, yeah, a bittersweet uh Interview to do, you know, you're just uh, interviewing the player that's beat your player, the guy that you coach, the coach to get to that place. So, um, anyway, it was all, it was good fun. I, I enjoyed watching it. Loved it. Well, the, uh, just to put it into context, Richard Bland and how he's playing, I'm just pulled up his data golf stats right now. In August 2019, what was Richard Bland's world golf ranking? Oh, I think it was like six hundred and something. I'm pretty sure he was he was five hundred plus, and he must have done something good in in uh, August twenty six and shot up to two hundred and thirty second. Yeah, well, and he, now he had a win last year, and uh, I forget where he won, but he, he I'm sure he had a win. Might have been that one. And since then, he's just just improved and improved and improved, and now he's up to sixty five. I love it. Forty eight years old. Sorry, 53, 53. So he's not far away from, um, I don't know if it still works around the Masters, but it's just so good. I don't know how old is he, 48, nearly 40. He'll be 49 next month. Yep. And he's playing the best goal of his life. Uh, So there's still a chance. I've got four and a half years and I could be knocking on the door playing in the Masters. That's the way I'm looking at it. My time's uh, gone past. Uh, I've got a couple of years on Richard Bland, but uh, yeah. I like that no one else saw you nodding at me <laughs> and just giving that absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, nonetheless, uh, still an inspiration for me, uh, Richard Bland. Uh, any of the golfers that are, you know, approaching that age of 50 that are doing really well, uh, it just means that uh, you can crack on and you can do the work and you can get better at golf. Again, and. and- and the, and you know where it is? That's exactly where you should get, be getting better when you're at 49. So when you look at his stats versus the rest of the golfing professional uh, that are sort of looked here, he's above average in driving accuracy. So he picks up 1.2 strokes around on that. In strokes gained approach, he sits at 0.8, which is above average. Around the green, half a stroke, above average. Putting, nearly one shot, 0.9, above average but he loses 1.6 driving distance, as you as you would expect. Yep. But that's, that's delivering the results. Uh, short game, uh, kids, uh, short game. Practice your short game because it'll stay mm. with you when you get to uh, Richard Bland's age. And, uh, yeah. you know, don't don't practice bombs uh, because you'll get to my age and you can't chip and uh, you can barely <laughs> putt. And you'll be backing yourself in for 26 to 29 points uh, on a thrice weekly uh, basis. So, um, but chip and putt. You'll, you'll win some long drive comps. So, there you go. Uh, speaking that. of, yeah, Blakey was the last recipient of my last long drive win. Uh, he won the driver. He got the driver, was gifted the driver from my uh, long drive win. Uh, they gave it, they gave a, a, a prize away as a titleist driver, and it was four models old. I hadn't seen, <laughs> I hadn't seen one in my drummer golf shop for five years. 
Uh, and it was still brand new on the plastic. There you go. Um, Lydia Ko had a win at the Gamebridge uh, last week. That was good. She beat Danny Kang. What a what a leaderboard this was. Uh, one, two, three, mm. and then two, three, four. Lydia Ko, Danny Kang, uh, Yuka Sasso, Charlie Hull, one of our favourites, and uh, Celine Boutier, who's oh, won down, won at the Vic Open uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, and the women move on to, where this week, the drive-on championship at Crown Colony Golf and Country Club. Last week was really good. I watched a bit. Lydia Ko is nails. She was nails down the stretch. Danielle Kang put a lot of pressure onto her. Uh, right at the end, I thought Danielle Kang was going to catch her. Lydia hit into 18. She put it in the pot. And I thought, ooh, she needs to get up and down here. Otherwise, she's going to be in playoff. Hit it stone dead. Hit it, hit it to – she wasn't short-sided, but she didn't have a lot of room to work with. She hit it to a foot. So I was like, oh. Danielle Kang can't get her here. She's, she's going to tap in par and that's over. But um, it was a good watch. It was, Danielle Kang's playing some amazing golf. Lydia Ko is still a freak. Uh, Yuka Sasso is amazing. There's so many good golfers to watch. I, I'd love to – I mean, I know we get a lot of – we did, or well, we probably won't this year for the big open, but it'd be great to see some of these golfers come out here and play and get to see them in the flesh. Yeah, it'd be great to see uh, all of those women down here. The closest we're going to get to this year is when the co-sanctioned European Tour and WPGA Tour events happen in uh, up in New South Wales at Bonville, and then it moves up to uh, Coolangatta as two of the co-sanctioned. So we won't see any of the European Tour players until then. But um, yeah, I agree. The Solheim Cup. It's like saying we need a Solheim Cup to hand at Royal Melbourne. You should get one at Royal Melbourne and then at PK the year after. Could happen. Uh, probably not. Uh, my. I think I've got a mass episode to catch up on. Uh, I better go. You better go. My wife's watching it, so I will not have to watch it, which is great. We'll save the chat about the, uh, what is it called? The Saudi Premier League, the PIP, IPL, yeah. what's it called? They've announced They've announced their, the live, uh, Greg Norman's group's announced 10 tournament season kicking off. Um, yeah, we can talk about that because I'm sure Rocket has some hot takes. It's interesting, and it put a bit of perspective on it. When I spoke to Blakey, you know, he's obviously over there working and who knows what might happen out of that for a young man like him who just wants to go and referee some golf. But he's doing a job. Yeah. Now there's obviously a lot of money there. Are these other guys, do, do we put the same sort of blinkers on for them and say they're just doing a job? Interesting. No. It's, no. Okay. No. There's a difference for me and I'll, um, there'll be many people that have different opinion. And to be honest, I, 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 without, we know, well, we, we I, you guys know that I listen to the no laying up stuff religiously. I, my knowledge of Saudi and what has happened there, and I, I was absolutely blind to it. Um, and I've learned so much more in the last 12 months, probably in the way that the Saudi Gulf doesn't want it to happen or the Saudi government, and in that I've learned the bad stuff rather than thinking, oh, this is great, there's some golf going on. And I think it's different to someone who's being paid to go there to do what they're doing to give a great view of it to someone who's going there to do a job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we might expand that conversation uh, mm. when Rocket comes back and maybe when Blakey's back and we might uh, invite Blakey on just to give us a little bit of a, a little bit more of an in-depth uh, view after his experience over the, the playing yeah. part of the week. And um, we might digest a bit of that and, and open it up. But uh, Mike, thanks for joining me in this uh, dynamic duo. The, my, love, my love of golf, uh, Tusum. Thank you. And Rocket's pick this week is Mav McNeely. Okay. Well, I'm Jason Day. He's Mav McNeely. And you are? 
The Kiss of Death is with Daniel Berger. And let's hope that uh, this episode is not brought to you by the four zero rings of Audi, the Vorsprung Dirk Technik. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's hope not. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next week. And uh, once again, check us out over at the YouTube channel. A couple more subscribers, just a couple every week. And by 2029, we might get to that elusive four-digit number, 1,000. But uh, if anyone... If we get... If we, I'll tell you what we'll do. When we get to 50... Mm. What do you I'll mean? Put, 50? Oh, what are we at? 100, 121, thanks very much. When we get to 150, right? I'll put all 150 names, except for mine and yours, in a jar, and I'll draw it out and I'll send them something. Cheese week. Cheese for, related. Cheese yeah. week for everyone. And uh, congrats, uh, not congrats, um, well done for to you and to me. Um, we gave Rocket some shtick last week that he should have blonded his hair. Maybe that's why he's not here, because he, he wanted to surprise <laughs> us with the peroxide blonde and it's gone bad. It's probably purple. Uh, no, but he probably didn't dye his hair, but you and I stuck stuck our money where our mouth was and put yeah. um, 100 each in for Lifeline, and if anyone else does want to do that and share their receipt, uh, we'll give them the props they deserve as well. But, 100%. Uh, great cause Lifeline. They take uh, a call every couple of minutes with someone in need. Um, you know, suicide prevention, 131114. If uh, you need any help, I uh, hope you don't, but if you do, there's always people there. And if you do need any t- help with tipping, Call me. Don't call Rocket. Don't call me. Don't if you want to play golf in the next week and a half, let me know. But other than that, I've got nothing. All right, guys. Thanks very much. We'll see you next week. See you, guys.